everyone, welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch The Great Muppet Caper two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I am your other host, Ryan Rowe. And joining us today, we have a first-time guest. Uh, who are you, first-time guest? My name is Ethan. I am Anthony's nephew. This is indeed. This person is my nephew. And what are you, 14 years old? Yep. 14 right now. So you're the youngest guest we've had on the show other than your cousin Iris, I suppose. Uh, yes. By by several years, I would think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. So uh, I'm really excited. Not not just because you're my nephew, but also just to get the like youth perspective. Yes. We I, don't know what young people think about Muppet movies or movies in general. Yeah. Right. I think that oldsters, 30-something oldsters, such as Ryan and myself, think of like Muppets are for old people now. Maybe so. It's like it's always made me happy that you're that you're so into. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. So thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah. So uh, today we are looking at minutes forty-five and forty-six of the Great Muppet Caper. In these minutes, we see various goings on at the Dubani Club. Gonzo continues to take pictures of patrons. Kermit and Piggy dance, and Lady Holiday argues with her brother Nikki. So that's actually where we start is with Lady Holiday and Nikki. Um, continuing from last week, where he didn't leave a tip didn't want to give a tip to the Mater D. We just hear uh, him say that he left his wallet at home. And Lady Holiday says, you left your wallet in college. That's <laughs> Which, a great joke. It's such, it's such a great joke. And it's such a like specific thing. You know, I, like you lost your wallet years ago or something. Would not be funny. Well, yeah, at, it, right. It kind of is dependent on their uh, brother, sister dynamic. Right. And like, I, I just, I like the idea that Nikki hasn't paid for anything since he was in college. <laughs> Yeah, it might be true. Well, we know that he squandered his inheritance, right? Right, right. So he blew he blew through his fortune as a young man. Yeah. yeah. And I'm talking Charles Grodin was 46 at this time. Right. When, so his college was a while ago. Yeah, good point. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to use this line uh, recently. I was going through a fast food drive-thru with my wife and my sister, and uh, they both suddenly realized that neither of them had their wallets on them. And I said, you left your wallet in college. <laughs> did anybody get it no but you know my loved ones uh tolerate my my muppet nerdery and nerdery in general so i explained it so they were just like there goes ryan again yes quoting movie must be from some muppet movie or comic book thing yeah yeah so anyways uh oh well here's a question i want to ask you guys like are either of you surprised that nikki holiday went to college oh <laughs> sort of i mean um, i think he, you know, he's a rich, rich kid, I guess. Like he probably, you know, um, similar to the recent college admission scandal. Yes. He probably, probably paid his way in. Yes. It was probably expected that he would go. And then his parents probably had a lot to do with getting him in and making right. sure that he graduated. But did he graduate or did he just lose his wallet? Uh, he could do both. That's what we do. Yeah. Somewhere there may be like a... You know, the holiday building at some prestigious uh, British university that they made some big donation. And under the table, they were like, okay, just make sure Nikki graduates. Right. They were like, M make sure that our American son <laughs> yes. graduates <laughs> right. from college. Or he was like a college dropout. And ever since, it's just been tagging along with his sister. Yeah, that's more likely. You do kind of get that that sense from them. Yeah. But we're we're going to come back to them in a little while. Oh, but, you know, one thing I wanted to mention that reminded me, um, we never learned Lady Holiday's uh, first name. And right. and that also means that 
her own brother never calls her by her first name. I don't think he addresses her by name at all. He doesn't call her Lady Holiday either. No, that's probably true, because maybe they just didn't want her to have a first name, so they thought it would be awkward for him to call her Lady Holiday. Yeah. I guess he could call her Sis. Sis, or Hey Kid, or... Yeah. I don't think he ever really addresses her even in the movie. No, he doesn't. He no, just, I don't think so. He just breathes down her neck. Right. <laughs> As we will see. We'll get to that. Um... So, but after that, we cut away and we see what the Muppets are up to. And starting with Gonzo, who we saw last week was starting to take souvenir photos of patrons. And he approaches a, an older man and a younger woman. And uh, he says, you know, take a picture. And they say no. And he says, it'll be a great memento for you and your wife. And of course, the guy says, my wife isn't feeling very well. Gonzo says she should be at home. And the guy says, my wife is at home. Ooh. No. What I love about this is how Gonzo reacts to it. Yeah. Which, Ethan, I believe you wrote it down phonetically. Yep. He exactly says, yes, next table. (laughs) I'm glad you wrote that down. (laughs) Which, what I love about it is that, like, I think Gonzo kind of needs to be shocked for this joke to be in a Muppet movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it has to be like, oh, this is not okay. But it's funny, but it's not okay. Right, right. We can't have Gonzo be like, yeah, man, you right. did it. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but... Yeah, it's, and it's a, a joke that I, uh, I'm i sure did not get when I was a kid watching this movie. I don't know when I first understood what it meant. Um, and I wonder if I ever asked my parents what it meant and how they would have reacted. I don't know. I should ask them. Right. You were just like, so, so this must be his nurse. She's taking Maybe, or <laughs> yeah, maybe this is just his friend. Yeah, he's just out with a friend. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you do. Um, but yeah, so that, any, anything else about Gonzo, either of you? Not you specifically about? about Gonzo. Okay. Um, uh, well, Ryan, so who's this guy? Yeah, this, so this is a mildly interesting thing, maybe more so to the, the most hardcore Muppet nerds who have seen this a million times. But there was a time when uh, we in the Muppet fan community... Um, and I think especially the the folks who regularly edit Muppet Wiki uh, realized that we didn't know this actor's name. He's not in the credits, even though he has a line, a couple lines. Um, there was uh, somebody added a name to IMDb, but then it, it wasn't. It turned out not to actually be him. So it was just, you know, not not a big uh, burning question or a huge mystery. But we were just curious, who is this guy? And a few years ago, our friend uh, Andrew Leal, who is one of the most active editors at Muppet Wiki, um, I don't know how he did it, but he tracked his, this guy down. His name is Reg Thomason, and uh, he had a long career as an actor in British film and television, and he was very often an extra, so he would play these kinds of um, snooty characters or, or upper crust type characters, and he definitely looks the part. So, Reg Thomason, everyone. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you can't get more British of a name than Reg Thomason. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, and another thing that the wiki list that I think is interesting is he also plays a dinner guest, a dinner guest in uh, Monty Python's Meaning of Life, the, the fall or a couple years later. Yeah. 1983. So, those are probably the two things that comedy fans would see him in. You know, yeah, really noticing from. Yeah, I haven't seen Meaning of Life in a while. I should watch that again. Oh, you should. It's it's a real treat. Even yeah. Tiger for a cup of it to real meat. Even what? It's a line from the movie. I vaguely remember that. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyways, yeah. So Meaning of Life is good, Ryan. You should go watch it I right will. after right after we finish recording. Okay. Um. 
But so after that, after Gonzo, we get to really the heart of the scene, which is Kermit and Piggy sharing their first dance together, which I think is just lovely. I yes, think it, it continues the two of them being very adorable. Yeah, well, and I like that we start out with Piggy enthusiastically saying, that caviar was yummy. Ah, love those fish eggs. <laughs> because it, it's such a Piggy thing to be talking about the meal, like during the dance, I yeah. think. Yeah, and, you know? you know, she's supposed to be Lady Holiday, but really she's just so uh, fascinated and thrilled by by being a part of this scene. Like, the dance, you mean like this kind of like... To, upper yeah, track? to be in this fancy Friday club, a, yeah. a place that serves caviar, she's just having a great time. Yeah. Well, and, um, of course, stepping out with the star is playing yeah. as they dance here, which I think is great. I love how often this movie goes back to stepping out with the star. It's a great song. But also, like... Did either of you guys feel like that ca- Miss Piggy's caviar, love those fish eggs, that almost feels like the setup for a Muppet show at the dance joke. Like, it's right away when we cut to them, it feels for a second like we're going to do at the dance. It could be. I wonder if they ever considered doing those kinds of gags in yeah, the scene. I mean, right. I mean, the, the tone here is very different. Yeah. You know, like it's not... But it, I mean, just there's something about like, I love those fish. You can imagine a, a joke on the Muppet Show where it's like, boy, we had caviar and I love those fish eggs. And then the other person responds with. Or or a Muppet oh, fish okay. pops up and says something like, I beg your pardon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously this movie doesn't have that, that kind of tone, especially here. But yeah, this is not the time for it. Still, when I see two Muppets dancing together. Yeah. I can't help but think of. At the dance. Sure. I, I was also wondering, speaking of them dancing, how they... So this set looks... Well, I don't really know. It looks like um, these human dancers are just dancing on the floor of the set. But then you have Kermit and Piggy, which either means there's a hole dug in the set for uh, Jim Henson and Frank Oz to stick their arms up through, or they might be like tangled what? together on a dolly being pushed around the floor. Right, which which seems very probable to me. Yeah. I mean, because I don't know. I mean, I guess there could be a removable floor. Yeah, I don't remember but, how much of the floor we see in this club. So I just looked at Jim Henson in the works. I have it open in front of me right here. And at the start of the Great Muppet Caper section of that book, we see a wide shot of all of the dancers uh, with Miss Piggy in front of them during the number that's coming up here. And you cannot see... Well, do you see Frank down there? No, but it looks like that there's two separate levels. Yeah, I think that probably Frank is under the floor. You oh, cannot... is that a behind-the-scenes shot? Um, well, no, but it's like a wide shot. Like I you see. Can see. Like offstage. Yeah. Okay. It's on page 130 in Jim Henson The Works. So listeners, pull out your copy and you can see what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> there's probably a hole in the floor. Hole in the floor would be my guess. Then that's a good guess. I'll go along with that. But anyways, uh, getting back to Kermit and Piggy's chemistry here. I was going to say, um, Piggy says a very Piggy line, which is um, when Kermit brings up the jewel robbery. Her response is to deflect the question immediately. She right. says, I don't want to talk business. Music is in the air. The night is young. And I'm so beautiful. Yep. That's like calling herself beautiful is a very Piggy line. But there's like a very real difference between here and on The Muppet Show, I think. Again, like the way that she says I'm so beautiful here is with that like girlish giggle that she does sometimes, you know, that high girlish voice. Yeah. Whereas I feel like there are versions of Miss Piggy where she would have been like, 
trying to get Kermit to dance with her, right? Well, he doesn't have any interest. And she'd just be like, music in the air, the night is young, and I'm so beautiful, oh, right? right? She would do that, like, aggressive, growly voice. Yeah. And the fact that she doesn't is what makes her appealing here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say, she's so much more appealing in this uh, in this mode. Yeah, and I think that's intentional. Like like we've talked about, Piggy is the romantic heroine here. We have to we have to root for her and and find her appealing for the whole movie. Right. I always love Miss Piggy. On the Muppet Show, she was often written to be comedically off-putting. Right. And they don't do that here at all. You know. Uh, I no, I guess that, not. I think she's adorable in this. She's so great. <laughs> I've said. I think I've called Piggy adorable in this movie. Like like five yeah, times. Yeah, I mean, I, I've described the two of them as a couple as adorable many many times. Yeah. Sort of like Miss Piggy has two modes. There's the Muppet Show mode and then there's the movie mode. And it's not just this movie, you mean? Like there's Yeah, like in the original Muppet movie, she's more happy. Yeah, that's true. I I think part of it is you just can't do it for ninety minutes. Yeah. You know, like you'd get really sick of Miss Piggy if she's just being (sighs) a diva a diva all the time, you know. Right. We have to like her. Yeah. So anyways. What so then uh, after she says all that stuff about being herself being beautiful, then she responds about the jewel robbery. And, and what is her response? What jewel robbery? Right, she doesn't even know. She doesn't know what he's talking about. And I think that kind of makes sense, though. That Piggy, a fan of Lady Holiday's work, like she doesn't care. She doesn't read the society pages. <laughs> she just wants to be a model. She only cares about Lady Holiday as an aspirational figure. Like she's not reading the newspaper. I buy yeah. that. Also find it ironic that everybody else knows about it, including the other Muppets that are in this scene. That basically she is the only Muppet in this scene that does not know about it. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. And she's supposed to be Lady Holiday. And yeah, well, yeah. And, and she works for her also. Like, right. Do, and but also remind me, doesn't Lady Holiday mention it in the earlier scene in her office? No, she just says that Nikki might steal the baseball bat. She doesn't mention anything about the earlier episode. Yeah, yeah, I don't think she mentioned that, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, Piggy doesn't know it. She just tells Kermit that he has lovely eyes. Right. He he does have lovely eyes. They're like, uh, you know, two halves of a ping pong ball glued onto a green sock. <laughs> but I love that he does that gulp and does that take to the camera. Like, he doesn't yeah. quite look into the camera here after she says that, but it's so close. Well, they're also sort of swinging around uh, as they dance, so he kind of gets to to just slightly take toward the camera. Right, right. And it, but it feels like he's just about to look directly into it, and then it cuts away. Yeah. And what does it cut away to? Well, hold on, though. Okay. Um, do you remember Reg Thomason? Yeah, I'm sure I remember it. In the Reg previous Tom- shot, we just saw him, his character, uh, out to dinner at the Dubani club with a woman who's not his wife. And in, in this, the very next shot, this is something that our friend and uh, fellow tough pig, Joe Hennis noticed a couple years ago in this very next shot, he is dancing in the background behind Kermit and piggy with a different woman. He is a serial philander. He can't yeah. even have one date per night. He's like, he's like Mrs. Delphire. Yeah. And not only that, he but he got to the dance the floor. Skin. Assuming this is unfolding in real time, he got to the dance floor super fast to dance with this other woman who's not his date and also not his wife. Yeah, or maybe like Kermit and Fozzie, they're identical twins. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I hadn't. I don't know if Joe considered that possibility, but I certainly hadn't. But interesting. One never knows how many identical twins there are. Yeah. 
out in the world. <laughs> they should have made a movie about him though, having two dates at the same time. I wish they had. I really, or you know, if if, if this had would, come out in the era of DVD, that would have been a special feature, like a short yeah, film. Do it, do it like Doug's Doug's special mission on Up or whatever. <laughs> sure, you should watch that. It's good. Um, yeah. So, anyways, then we do cut away. We cut away from old Reg Thomason. We leave him be for a while. We'll be back to his adventures on the DVD extras. Yes. In which Pepe interviews Reg Thomas. <laughs> I, I, I wish. Boy, do that I would wish. be amazing. Well, they, they used to do DVD extras where Pepe would interview one of the Muppets. And what was it, that called? Inside the... Inside Pepe's studio. Oh, that was it? Yeah. They didn't do like Inside the Crustacean studio or... No, they w- would have been Inside the King Prawn studio. Right. No. It's inside Pepe Studio, and the, my main memory of it is on the DVD for "It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas Movie." He uh, shows old pictures of Kirk Thatcher and makes fun of him for his hair and outfits. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. It was really funny. Yeah, yeah, like there there weren't a lot of highlights in those, but that was pretty uh. good. Anyways, so who do we see? We don't see Pepe, who's not in this movie. We do see <laughs> Fozzie Bear, who is sitting by himself, pouring sugar into a glass of champagne. Which, okay, so Fozzie wanted to come on this date so bad, he guilted Kermit into taking him along on a date, right? Right. They do make such a big deal about it. And now what's he doing? Kermit is off dancing with Miss Piggy, and Fozzie is (laughs) shoveling sugar into a glass by himself. (laughs) And then he turns around to a complete stranger and says, you put enough sugar in this stuff, it tastes just like ginger ale. Because he can't say it to his friends because they're busy and he's not. He's just sitting at the table. It's actually really sad in a way. Sort of makes you think, how many of those has he had? How many champagne (laughs) has Fozzie had? So do you think this scene would be funnier if we saw a drunk Fozzie Bear? No, I'm just saying, like, how many has he had? (laughs) Right, right. I think think, uh, drunk Fozzie Bear could be funny. I don't know that I would want to see... Every well, I guess we kind of did on the Muppets ABC series. I don't know. If, I was gonna say I don't know if I would want to see every Muppet what they're like when they're drunk. But yeah, I yeah. They, they we not only saw them drunk on that show, we saw them all hungover. Hungover, yeah. But I, yeah, Fozzie could be a funny drunk. Maybe he would actually be a funnier comedian when he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know, man. We'll see. Um, we won't see. <laughs> I mean, we'll no, see. we won't see. <laughs> I just imagine a drunk fuzzy bear just like fuzzy bear doing his jokes, but all slurred. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the thing. You think he's an even worse comedian? Yeah. 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 I think that Statler and Waldorf would love that. They'd certainly make fun of him about it. Yeah. It would give him another reason to insult him. Yeah. So have you ever uh, tried uh, putting sugar in champagne to see if it tastes like ginger ale? I have not. I, I considered trying it for this, but then I remembered I don't like champagne and I don't like ginger ale. So <laughs> <laughs> I do um, think about I do think about this like every time I've ever been in the vicinity of champagne, which is I'm not sure. something I do often. <laughs> but like like you you mentioned talking about you lost your wallet in college, I'll just be like, oh, I'm putting enough sugar in here, ah, nah. and who's ever near me will be like, that's nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. we do. That's how yeah. we live our lives, right? That's why we have to have a podcast about it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So then, finally, at long last, we cut away back. To, we come back around to Lady Holiday and her brother, Nikki. And uh, and Stanley the Mater D. Our old friend Stanley the Mater D is with them. Yeah. When he's we waiting for his him, tip. He's waiting for his tip. And the first thing we see is Nikki saying, 
catch you later, Stanley, because he's not <laughs> going to give him a tip, <laughs> which I don't know that I ever thought about that until like just now. Yeah. 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 That, and, you know, which is a very, it's a very funny joke. Yes. And I don't remember this actor's name who plays Stanley, who actually, I think he just passed away maybe in the last year or two. Yeah. We but we talked about him when he uh, showed up right. in the first place. And his that name was probably last week for all our listeners, but probably, yeah, here's, probably. here's a little peek behind the curtain. It was a lot longer ago for us. Yeah. That actor's name is Peter Hughes once again. And yes, there he did go. die just this spring. So. Okay. So he, he gives a great, just little very brief uh, wordless performance there. You can just see by the way he, he, he pivots and walks away from the table, how offended he is. Well, he, yeah. want, he wants that tip. He, of course he does. The Do holidays have a lot him? of money. Yeah. They have a fortune. And he gets paid a small amount to be a maitre d at a fancy supper club, right? You think that's where the money is going to the to the waiter, the waiter and the maitre d? No, it's to pay for that sh- that mirror ball chandelier thing and the band and who knows what else, right? For All those the- fancy uh, pineapple desserts that Jim Henson and, and his date were eating, that's Amy true. Van Gilder, Amy Van Gilder, yeah. <laughs> um. So, anyways, Stanley leaves. Lady Holiday talks about how she shouldn't have left her jewels at home. Because she feels as if thieves were breathing down her neck. <laughs> and her brother Nikki, like, not, not only does Nikki say thieves aren't breathing down your neck, I love the way Charles Grodin does this so much. Which is that he leans in, gets louder, and smiles. Yeah. As he says, thieves aren't breathing down your neck. And he well, looks so pleased with himself. <laughs> That he as as he's literally it. breathing down her neck. Right. Well, right. Exactly. Of course. But like he yes. knows he's going to rob her in a few minutes. Yeah. Spoiler for those who haven't seen this movie. Uh, he's going to rob her in a few minutes. And he looks so pleased with himself for being like, I'm making a joke about the fact that I robbed my own. <laughs> she doesn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Thieves aren't breathing down your neck. I just had to do it out loud. Yeah. Charles Grodin, man. He's a treasure. Yes. Also, the entire time he's doing this little dance. He's just like shaking his arms around, dancing around the table. Yeah, the entire time. yeah he's like doing the dance the whole time. Even I when love... I just said it out loud, thieves aren't breathing on your neck. I was doing the dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just I I don't even know how to describe, it, but yeah, just kind of just kind of bobbing around. His arms are out. I, yeah, I, I love his little it dance. As happy dance. Yes, yeah, he's happy. Sure, he's happy because he's about to get that necklace. Yeah, but he continues this dance for the rest of this this scene until we see him disappear. Yeah. But like, even as even in a couple of seconds here, he's going to walk away. Right. Theoretically, go tip Stanley, and he yeah. does the dance the whole way out. Like, yeah, exactly. Moving his legs, he's shaking his shoulders up the steps. The thing, if he left his wallet in college, why is she still making him do the tip? <laughs> <laughs> that, well, I think she. Pro- I mean, she's paying for this meal, right? Yeah, yeah she has to be. So if he doesn't tip, it reflects poorly on her. So probably she has given him money. She, she, she pays for the whole meal. She pays for everything. She pays for his floral socks. She right? probably just like gave him a little bit of money just to give to him. Yeah, it's part of his allowance. Right. Probably just pocketed it all. Probably did. Probably did. Um, but yeah, so again, she says that she wants to put the jewels in a safe. And that's what he's going to go talk to Stanley about. And right away, Nikki says, no. I mean, yes. Why would I say no when I mean yes? Yep. <laughs> Which again, like I think Charles Grodin, like it's like, like we talked about, it it takes so long for him to show up in this movie. 
And once he does, he just owns the screen. Oh, he like, does. Yes. Completely. It's just so much fun to see him. I'm so glad he's here now. <laughs> um, also that line on, I didn't have time to actually track this down and watch it to confirm, but somewhere on the special features for the Fraggle Rock uh, complete series DVD set, Michael Frith mentions that that line was part of the inspiration for the character of Wembley. Oh, really? Yeah, that's sort of like, why would I say yes when I meant no? Or why would I say no when I meant yes? That that, that was sort of inspired Wembley's indecisiveness. So let me ask you a question. Huh. Would you like this movie more if Wembley Fraggle played Nikki Holiday? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... That would be pretty funny. I don't know if I could buy Wembley as being so uh, malicious. So right. sneaky. He'd be a much sweeter Nikki Holiday. He'd be a lot more sympathetic. Yeah, you'd be right? rooting for him to steal that baseball diamond. Yeah, I'd be on his team. Yeah. I like- he would probably end up saying that he was going to do it right before he did it. <laughs> and yeah, then he would tell everyone. Yeah, Wembley would steal the fabulous baseball diamond, <laughs> and then Steve Whitmire would steal Kermit from Jim Henson. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, man. Classic. Love those Whitmire jokes. And then... Uh, but so we're, we're not quite to the end here. He gets up theoretically to go tip. He's dancing away. Like we said, Charles Grodin, just having a good time. His little boogie. And once he gets behind, once he gets out of Lady Holiday's sight, he turns and goes not to the Mater D stand. What? But through, dun, a, dun, dun. through a door to a back room where he's about to open another door and probably do something nefarious. And we get a good view of his socks. <laughs> his flowered socks. Yeah. We do. That's kind of the first time we really see the flowered socks in their in all their glory. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Real. <laughs> um, uh, in but- this, I wanted to note in the script when he's unlocking that back door, it notes that he tapes the lock shut Watergate fashion. You know, I don't really know what that means. Well, it's so when the uh, I don't know Nixon's goons, whoever they were, Richard Nixon's uh, people that he sent to. Uh, okay, so now I'm going to show the limits of my knowledge about Watergate. When they broke into the Democratic uh, Party offices in the Watergate Hotel, for some reason they taped a lock shut. Like they they taped the door so that they would be able to get back in later. Oh, like they really? put a piece of tape. You know when you turn a door handle and that little yeah. thingy pops out. <laughs> yeah. So they put tape over that so the door would remain unlocked and open so they could come back in. But and we, it was actually because a security guard noticed that that was that was uh, kind of the beginning of the whole thing unraveling when they got caught. Huh. So I guess Watergate was huh. still fresh oh, enough in everyone's mind in 1980 when the script was written that they yeah, would have made the note that it was that they taped the lock shut Watergate fashion. And does he do that? Do we see him do that? No, I don't think Here? we actually see him put tape on it. He just unlocks it and kind of props it open. Right. So what do we think he's doing? Why? I mean, we've never seen this. So what do we think? If we're that, seeing it for the first time? Yeah, what do we think Nikki Holiday is going to do back there? Well, he's up to no good. I think he's getting... Well, we know that he bought a gross of flowered socks. Yes. And we know that he's wearing some. He brought some for everybody. He's going to have like a like a home party. Oh, that's nice. It's like multi-level marketing. He's, yeah. Someone's going to come in and he's going to say, you get flowered socks. You get flowered socks. You no, get flowered socks. No, he has to sell them like at a Tupperware party. Oh, I see. I see. He's not giving them away as, yeah, as so, free samples. Yeah, so he's going to try to get everyone to buy his stock or else he'll lose money on the on the endeavor. Yeah. 
That's my theory. We'll see you next week. That's a great theory. Excuse uh, me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry to bother you. I'm selling flowered socks to raise money for my basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> and then he pulls up his pants and he shows and he does his little dance and everyone. Yeah. It's gonna be so, it's gonna be so good. Come back next week to hear about that. that on moving right along. Um, <laughs> no, but that is that does bring us down to the end of these minutes. Do you have any other thoughts you wanted to share on these minutes, Ethan? I will start with you, sir. Yes, actually, something that took me a little while to notice is that right before the Major D leaves, he takes off the little reserve sign, and we don't see any of the other tables that happening. So you think that they had the only reservation in the house? I don't know. Huh, neat. Well, they're, they're very important. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. The holidays own this town, man. He was on the cover of every newspaper except the Daily Chronicle. <laughs> That's true. And those oh. were presumably American newspapers, so yeah, their their influence extends around the world. Also, if you look at how neat all the tables are, and then you look at Fozzie's table, <laughs> which is like a complete mess. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't notice that. Well, he's been probably spilling sugar all over. He's just like, I mean, first of all, Fozzie Bear is not the cleanest bear, <laughs> and he's just picking up a spoon and shaking it around like a wild man to get some sugar in there to get enough sugar so it tastes like ginger ale because it's not just that you put a little sugar if you put enough sugar yeah it's gonna taste so like what it's... is enough because if you look at it it's like just clouding up the entire yeah, thing what is enough mean? it's mostly sugar at this point yeah pretty good all right ryan anything else any other thoughts? Um, I had another... Here it is. I had another thing from the July 22nd, 1980 draft of the screenplay. Uh, when Kermit and Piggy are dancing, there's a gag where... I didn't write it all down, but they, they talk about like um, they're dancing like Fred and Ginger, referring to Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers and all those old classic musicals. Uh, and then Kermit says something to the effect of, yeah, but Fred usually led... Uh, because Miss Piggy is leading in this dance. And then it cuts to a shot of Kermit's feet, which are dangling above the floor because yeah. Piggy is, is carrying him around the dance floor, which is really funny. Um, we've referred to before to the fact that they never really address the the height disparity between the Muppet characters. So maybe they didn't want to kind of shine a light on that, but that would have been fun to see. Right, because Fozzie, like, Fozzie should be much, much taller than Gonzo, for example. Yes, exactly. But they're always the same. They're always, like, eye level is basically the same. Right. So when <laughs> Kermit and Piggy are ballroom dancing, she must be just carrying him around the dance floor. Right. Which is pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad they didn't do it. Yeah, I can understand why they didn't, but it would have been funny. And all that's right. all I have. One more thing that I forgot to mention about Fozzie's drink mm-hmm. is that he they actually dip the puppet's mouth into the drink a little bit. But then whenever he pulls it back out, it sort of has the consistency of slime whenever it sticks to his lip. Well, that makes sense. I mean, if it's champagne with yeah. a bunch of sugar in it, like hmm. like slime would make sense. But yeah, like... Do you really yeah, you're do- right. He does get he does get champagne on his top lip. I wonder... I mean, obviously it's not really champagne, but it does look like sugar. So I wonder what's actually in that, that glass that he's putting on his mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably just glue or something. Yeah. Probably just some bear glue. Something that they could easily wipe off. Yeah, right, right. They weren't going to build yeah. a whole new Fozzie. Right. Just to get ginger ale champagne on him. Yeah. Something they could steam clean out of him. Right. 
Yeah. Oh man, I love that guy. Me too. All right. Well, then I think that brings us down to the end of the minutes. But Ethan, uh, before we go, we we you you're, you're a listener to the podcast. Yeah. So you know, we usually like to ask our guests, uh, like where where does the Great Muppet Caper rank for you among your favorite Muppet movies, and kind of like what's your history with uh, with this particular movie and with the Muppets in general. Yeah, so probably my two favorite Muppet movies are Muppets Most Wanted and Great Muppet Caper. Good choices. I believe one of the first times that I saw Muppet movies was whenever I was seven and went to go and see the Muppet movie. No, we went to see The Muppets. Yeah, whoopsies. The Muppets. And then that I was obsessed with Uncle Deadly after that for a while. Hmm. It's true. I actually bought Ethan a Palisades Uncle Deadly. Oh, nice. The first birthday one year. <laughs> that movie that. was kind of a comeback for him. Yeah. For Uncle Dudley. Right. So, uh, you're. And Bubble. And Bubble, Bubble yeah. Yeah. Although Bubble's much newer, you know. He, yeah. was in, he got to do Muppets from Space. Yeah. Um, so, but I wanted to ask you, like, on air, you're probably going to be one of the very few people who we have on who says Muppets Most Wanted is a favorite. Yeah. So, like, why? I mean, I love Muppets Most Wanted. I think it's, I think it's great. I would love to hear you talk more about why that's your other favorite. Yeah. Well, the main reason is probably because of Constantine. I really like Constantine. I honestly don't know why. I just think he's really funny, and the fact, like, his little, like, kind of violent humor, I think, is kind of funny. Like at the beginning, where he's just like knocking out all the guards by doing like backflips, and then you can just like see see the puppet shadow like doing a backflip or something like that. I find that very amusing. Yeah, I think Constantine was a great f- character and very funny, and I think it kind of says a lot that he was a new character, and yeah. they got to kind of make up a lot of stuff about his personality and what kind of jokes he would do and wouldn't do where as with some of the classic characters i think the the writers and maybe the the disney people are a little bit afraid to explore new things or have the characters do things because it's like eh, i don't know if kermit would do that but with a new character like constantine it doesn't matter you can't say i don't think constantine would do that because he's never done anything before so they were they were free to just do whatever they wanted to yeah, but the thing is that they were probably, my guess would be they were probably worried a little bit about maybe making him too violent. Maybe, because the movie's still rated PG, main, right? Yeah, that would be probably their main concern with him. Yeah. Yeah. But he is good. I enjoy him. Yeah. Um, so then why like why Great Muppet Caper, too, if, if, if those are your two favorites? Well, Great Muppet Caper, my favorite part, comes up at the end, spoiler alert, whenever they're playing baseball with the diamond. <laughs> Isn't that great? And that has probably been one of my like most memorable Muppet moments. Yeah, is seeing that for the first time. Well, and I think this whole movie just has that kind of energy. Yeah, where it's just like weird stuff happens all the time, and you just kind of roll with it. It's great. It's so good. Yeah, there's that thing that was. Uh, I think it was just like a notepad page that uh, of Jim Henson's that was printed on the uh, Jim's Red Book uh, blog where he was just writing some very vague notes about what the movie he, want, he wanted to make before they started. And it was just like fun, joyous, a positive attitude toward life. So I, yeah, I think all that kind of stuff comes out in the final movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, well, that's it for today. So uh, listeners, please check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you can find us. Uh, and if you're so inclined, please give us a positive review on iTunes. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist. You can follow Ryan at me, Ryan Rowe. 
Ethan, where, if anywhere, can our listeners find you on the line? Probably not really anywhere. Basically, if you just have any questions, ask Anthony, and then he'll <laughs> ask me. <laughs> that is true. All right. Uh, I'll, thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, it was, it yeah was thanks a, for joining us. It was a pleasure yeah. for me. And uh, listeners, remember to tell all of your friends about the show. And join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye. Goodbye. aren't breathing down your neck.